This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. Today, we have a special person on the show today. And uh, I've never actually met anyone which has the same surname as me, which is kind of crazy. Um, I love that. Uh, but we have the amazing Kate Strong in the studio uh, on the show today. I'm so super excited about our conversation and where it leads. Um, interestingly enough, we are not related, by the way, but we'll talk about that in a second. Who is Kate? Kate is a world triathlon champion. She's a 10x speaker, philanthropist, investor, entrepreneur amongst many other things as well. Kate, welcome to the show. My pleasure, Adam. Thanks so much for inviting me. Awesome. Listen, I was going to actually ask you a really interesting question because have you ever, I would be really, have you ever kind of looked into the whole kind of ancestry.com and kind of look where the strong family potentially, I mean, it would be really scary if we were kind of related, right? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's a possibility we might be if we look further back, but uh, we don't have children, so it's not too much of a problem. Uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I, 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 do you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to actually go onto an ancestry.com and just see what the family tree looks like. And you never know down the bloodline, there might be some sort of relationship. There might well be. I mean, my family, we've got common law rights from winning a certain battle. So in, uh, in a place in Wales called, Shant um, I can't even remember what it's called now, but in a place in Wales, <laughs> we're, allowed to, we're allowed to keep our animals and livestock. Uh, so that might be some sort of train you want to follow for my for my family. Interesting, interesting. So um, good to have you on the show today, by the way. Really super excited about our interview. Um, what's going to say? You have a really interesting story, at, but for the benefit of the audience and for the, for our listeners and stuff like, because I know your story. Would you mind just filling in with the story? Because I've I've got some really I want to uh, see. We're going to see where this takes us because I'm excited. Okay, so how far back do you want me to go? I want, you to go I want you to go back to when you, were, when you decided to uh, move to Australia. Okay, so that was after I'd graduated from university and had just finished traveling the world for a year. And I think, I think in all of that, I realized I was living quite a normal life. I was living a vanilla life. I was living that tick box of society. I just got a degree. I'd just been traveling. The next stages were buy a house, get a boyfriend, start talking about marriage, buy a dog, and you know, wait till retirement. And I really didn't want to. You know, I really wanted to sort of carve my own path. So my, my partner at the time and I, he was Welsh too, we decided to emigrate to Australia and start an entrepreneuring lifestyle. So he, got a, he did get a job and I stepped into hospitality. I'm a, I used to work in aerospace engineering I decided against that. I'm not really too good following, you know, male, pale and stale rules. So decided to create my own business and hospitality was a natural progression. And I still managed to forget myself. I still managed to lose myself in this huge expectation of society of living the, you know, when I have more time, then I can go to the gym or 
when I've got more money, then I can actually do something for myself. So, you know, days bled into months and years. And seven years later, after living in Australia, I found myself almost marrying this guy. And it turns into quite a toxic and controlling relationship to the point where he had a, an app on his phone where he could see if I'd left the house and he'd call me to say, why are you going? Where are you going? Um, and so, yeah, I, I was sort of trapped in this lifestyle where I wasn't even on my own list anymore. I was doing everything for my partner, everything for the expectation of my parents and my work. And fortuitously or not, um, my partner broke up with me six days before our wedding. And he left me with not just sort of a, question, a big doubt of who I am and my self-worth, but also with quite a large debt. So he walked out on all our obligations. So I was left with pretty much a million dollar debt and a business to run single-handedly. And I struggled. I, uh, you know, I'm very open in sharing. I just, I took the edge off life by drinking a lot. It was easier for me at night to, to find, lose myself in a bottle or a glass of wine, usually a bottle, than to actually deal with my events and step out of that victim mindset of it's not me. What am I supposed to do? I can't do anything. Mm. And one day I just said, today's the youngest I'll ever be. Today will be the best day in my life to start something. The when I have more money is never going to happen. There will never be the right time to start. I have to start today as if now is the time I've got. And so I delved back into my memories and decided to take up triathlon. That was something for me to reclaim a little bit of selfishness in my life, to put me at least on the list. And so I dusted off my trainers and started running, which was a huge shock to my body and my system because I hadn't done it for seven years. I talked about being fit and healthy, but never actually did the work. It's usually after a glass of wine that I suddenly sprouted out with all the activities I used to do when I was young. But, you know, miles or minutes turned into hours and eventually I could start running more effectively and strive towards being a, a triathlete that I wanted to be. And something else that really I really honed in on is I didn't know my own potential. I'd been living as if I'd capped or put that glass ceiling on my life for so long. I just didn't want to stop myself striving to be my best anymore. Mm. So where did I need to aim? For, in order to be my best, I had to aim to be the best. So that's when I came out with a sentence that shocked my friends, which was, never done a triathlon before, but wouldn't it be great to be a world champion? Didn't know what that meant, but I knew that if I aimed for number one, I'd find my natural level, be that a hundredth, be that tenth, or even first. But I wasn't going to stop myself finding out how great I could be in this world. So that's what I strove to. Why, um, why triathlon, just out of curiosity? I mean, was it something that you kind of had an interest when you were younger? When I was traveling around the world. So after graduating, I went mostly to Latin America. Mm -hmm. I met an American girl who, whose name was mine, actually. It was Katie. And her and I just grabbed our rucksacks one day and hiked up overnight to the highest peak in Central America, which was a volcano. And we slept under a tree, freezing our asses off, sleeping, like hugging next to each other, trying to stay warm. We put our socks on our hands because we'd forgotten our gloves. We were the most underpaid adventurers in the world. But sitting on top of that volcano, watching the sun rise over everything beneath us, Katie said, after this, I'm going to New Zealand and I'm going to become an Ironman. Now, I'd never heard of Ironman before, but 
hearing what that entailed, I immediately said, that's impossible. No female, no, no human, least of all a female, could swim 2.4 miles, then cycle 112 miles, then run a marathon. Like, that is insane. But fast forward, you know, 10, 15 years after my breakup, I needed a bit of insanity in my life. I needed to believe the impossible was actually possible. Or at least I had the, you know, freedom to choose to strive for it. I might not get there, but I at least had the capability to try. So I think that seed was planted a long time ago. And because of my resistance back then, I knew I needed to lean into the thing that scared me the most. So that's where triathlon came from. It's interesting. You've taken basically your pain, right, and turned it into kind of an ambition, I guess, in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, we've all got stories of those cliff edge moments when they either make us or break us. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be like being dumped at the altar or getting that letter from the doctor about something that's almost life altering. We can create and generate them in moments of normality and average. So that's my mission nowadays, isn't to wait for that you know, toxic relationship to have to fight out of it or millions of dollars of debt to strive for you know, wealth back in my life. I generate it every moment to say, what can I do better today and enjoy the journey as well? So I don't sacrifice the moments. Mm, good perspective. Um, I wanted to ask you actually, what was, in terms of your struggle, right? I mean, you mentioned it a little bit in your conversation, right? But why did you struggle so much to try to fit in with society? Because I know that you, I, I'm, when I read your story, I was like, oh, that's really, really interesting. But why did you struggle so much? It was kind of like this kind of pull and two, two from uh, in, in relationships and, and kind of what you mentioned about your parents and what you did for your fiance and stuff. But I'd love to know more about that. Yeah. Um... I think it's, I mean, everything's obviously from my point of view. I've never lived anyone else's life. So from a very early age, I've always felt a little bit of an outsider. Mm. Uh, Even if I was in in a certain group, I just never, I never got the joke quick enough or I didn't feel that I was part of the fold. So I think because of that, I strove harder to fit in. I I didn't want my parents to worry about me. Mm. So I think it was trying to let, make them know that their little girl was happy so they didn't have to worry anymore. And I think I felt as being the eldest, I maybe, again, I just self-imposed on myself, but I created a big sense of you know, guilt on myself and obligation that I needed to fit a certain model to prove that it was possible so they could be proud of me, whatever, whatever that means. Where did that, um, where did that perception come from? Did it come from anywhere at all? Um, well, you know, I think 99% of all our beliefs are created within the first five years of our life. Mm. So I think they were, it was from a very inconsequential moment where I think when I was two, if we want to go back that far, I stubbed my toe and my father didn't hug me. So in that moment, I made the decision I wasn't important. So from then on, I was trying to prove to my family that I was important and livable to them. So it could have been as in, you know, that event actually happened but it could have been as inconsequential as that. So again, we don't need that drama to create you know, those limiting beliefs that in the, in the current moment, it was to protect us, but moving forward is actually holding me back. So it's about upgrading them consistently and ongoingly. Interestingly enough, you, talked, um, you picked up a really good point there, which is where society these days, they, they I suppose, 
a trauma or, or maybe a childhood moment like you just described exactly, which then inhibits your belief system, it inhibits your life success, whatever it might be. But there's so many people in society that has that has that and they still carry that baggage around with them right on a daily basis which is crazy um did you ever feel like did you ever feel that you you didn't want to be judged as well yeah yeah i have i had and i i actually work with spirit guides spiritual guides as well because even though i'm an engineer i make sure i embrace me mm. as a complete package mm -hmm. i had an unhealthy belief that if i stood out from the crowd i would be punished in some way so you know maybe not killed but to the point of my fear was unrational so even though i wanted to have my carve my own identity i was also carrying that unconscious fear that if i if i did stand out and be the true kate strong I would be judged, ridiculed, condemned, in so, or ostracized in some way, and rejected. So I was always between two worlds of being authentically me and being, you know, comfortable enough so people didn't notice me. Mm. And that's just not a way to live. I, I wonder if that's the same kind of thought patterns that society feels these days. Because I know that, I know that, um, you know, in society we're, we're and, and you're probably the same as, uh, you know, we were brought up in the whole kind of same arena, if you like, you know, when your parents, uh, they say to you, Kate, go to school, get good grades, go to college, university, get a good job, settle down with your husband, like you've just kind of said it, right? And it's, and for me, it's kind of a, a me creator life, you know, it's, you know, this kind of, why should I be the same as everybody else? Like keeping up with the Joneses, I hate that. I hate that, um, that kind of keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, who's got the better car? Who's got the flashier house, right? It's just like, guys, seriously. I mean, it just comes from a place of ego from my perspective. And I just, those types of, I just don't have time for people like that. I don't know about you, but I just don't have time for people like that. And it's just, I guess you have to really like for you, just kind of, it's fascinating. You, uh, your pain point has made you open your eyes to a new world uh, to, you know, to, so I love that. I think that's fantastic. Sorry, I've just gone, gone off on a tangent there. But anyway, it's all good. Um, did you ever, um, actually going back to that kind of point around the Joneses, do you, did you ever feel like, did you ever feel like you wanted to be part of the Joneses or was there always that struggle as well? I think I fitted into it quite well. You know, once, once I committed to being in that lifestyle, especially yeah. when I was with that, that, that the, my fiance, I suppose, my ex, I, we definitely played that role. Uh, and when I say played, played it, we, you know, at some point we start believing our own lives. So even though at mm -hmm. the beginning I might have done it as a, as a joke, mm -hmm. by the end of it, I really did want that bigger house. I really did want to be, you know, wearing the smartest clothes and be going to the fancy restaurants once they were open. So I think we, you know, we, we've got to be very mindful and be on our A game all the time with our mm -hmm. language. Doesn't mean we have to like take it seriously. It can be fun. But if we want to be curious about life, can we be curious about life at our breakfast or when we're brushing our teeth? Not just when we have to at work. So it's about, you know, I did fall into that Joneses, keeping up with the appearances. And I think that's what, you know, had me say yes to, to getting married. Had me planning, you know, the biggest, best wedding ever, which was such a cliche, <laughs> uh, you know? So we... I think I definitely played that role and I played it a little too well, but you know, thank goodness something within life prevented it from happening 
further down the line, which could have hurt us even more. The universe had better plans for you, Kate. Mm. I'm a big yeah. believer of that, actually. You know, there's, I don't know about you, but I think my belief is that things happen for a reason. Yeah, do, you ever, do, you ever, do you ever have that? Yeah, that's a beautiful belief as well to have. Yeah. I, I, you know, I really do believe that. And, uh, you know, the whole, you know, just where the way the world is right now, you know, I believe it was all set up, right? It was all part of the plan type of thing, you know, not that I'm a kind of a, a religious type of thing, you know, guru, I believe in God type of thing, you know, I have my own kind of belief systems, but that was just kind of a little thing there anyway. So anyway, um, talk to us about, because I want to talk, go back to success and, and, and things like that. What do you find are some of the most common excuses for society in not fulfilling their potential? Wow. Well, the, the biggest cliche is not enough time or money in, you know, insert your excuse mm. here. Mm. And it, it is, it's definitely a root of scarcity. So we believe that we need more than we have. Uh, and I think that a lot of people just spent less time talking about what they couldn't do uh, and why and just did it. They'd be pleasantly surprised. Just as a note for the world to become a world champion, I did it on a bike that I bought on eBay for five hundred dollars. So you don't need you don't need sponsors. You don't need you know thousands of followers on Instagram. You don't need anything but to cycle. So you know that's that's pretty much the idea. But that's one of the biggest excuses I hear is just scarcity of time and money. You know you you know one of the things that drives me insane. I don't know about you, and and especially when you do speaking and stuff, right? It drives me completely insane, right? You get the talkers, right? They talk, they talk, but they don't do. And, and this is the thing, like, guys, if you're listening to the Game Changers Experience, the reason why it's called Game Changers Experience is to give you the insights and the tools and the, tr and the tactics to be able to actually get off your ass and do something and move forward and take ac action. Um, when you went, to, when you was in Australia, because I know that you ran a, a hospitality business, which you mentioned, right? And, and you became a triathlete as well. Um, and, and that, and uh, I don't know if that was a full-time thing or, or oh, not. Yes. Okay. So, so you're a full-time triathlete as well as run a full-time business. I'm, and this is actually for me more than anything else. How did you find the time or the balance between wanting to achieve something in your triathlete journey as well as run a successful business? Good question. It takes time to build up to it. So I will, I will explain to you the usual week I spent mm. knowing that I also started usually waking up at you know, five minutes before I worked with a hangover. So I built it up over a period of time. I used to wake up at four in the morning. I had no heating in my house. So the wood I'd already chopped the night before ready to light my fire. I mm. then go out for a two hour run, be home at 6.05, grab a five minute shower, make my breakfast, restoke my fire, and then start work at 7.30. Okay. I would finish work till 11 in the morning. I would then take one hour to siesta and then two hour training and back to work till 8 p.m. at night where I would then do another two hour training till 10 p.m. at night. But my food had already been prepared the weekends before because everything was batch cooked. So I got immensely effective at prioritization and honoring my word. I said I was up at four. It wasn't snooze till 10 past four. It was up at four because that 10 minutes would have that knock on or domino effect for the rest of my week. So it was just do what I said, plan it well, remove the emotion. We never feel like getting up at four. So just be used to that feeling of not mm. wanting to and just do it. 
you know what I admire about you is your your habit of self discipline. You know, and that, I think that's one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners that are listening in right now is that they want to become more effective. Everyone wants to become more effective and wants to become more productive, right? But they haven't mastered the habit of self discipline. Do you have any tips for improving self discipline? Start small. Start in your bedroom. Do you make your bed? Do you fold your socks? Do you put your socks in partners sort of thing? Simple things like that. And I always ask like, where else can I do this? Am I repeating myself? Do I talk about opening my emails, then read my emails, then reply to my emails? Could I just do it in one sitting? So uh, create batches, if at all, um, remove distractions. So another tip after you know, starting small would be, if, is your phone always next to you looking at the next message that comes in? Are your text messages running your time? Or are you running the text messages? So my phone's always on silent, so I can choose to answer, but I don't, whilst I'm doing project A, keep checking project B, C, and D. And, you know, this is coming from a female who supposedly is greater at multitasking than the other gender. We can't. Do one thing, complete it, then do a second thing and complete it. Trying to juggle five balls is always harder than juggling one, even if we're a great juggler. So those are, I suppose those are my three tips if I want to start. I love it. Very good. They were, they were, they were excellent tips. I think that, I think uh, what I love about those is that they were really simple and, you know, and, and that's something that you can implement into your business and, and, and in your life, guys, it's really, really important. I know that you uh, are, um, when you do a lot of speaking with a lot of companies and, and things like that, you're also a big goal setter, which I love by the way. But in terms of, I know that a lot of people struggle to set goals and achieve goals and things like that. Do you, is there a particular structure that you follow in terms of like, okay, so if I do it this way, I know that I'm going to achieve X or it's going to give me result Y type of thing. Is there a particular structure that you maybe use or whatever it is or any tips there? Um, my, my, my basic structure is basically aim for what I want. Mm. I never compromise my goal. So if I want to run a marathon, I aim for a marathon. I don't aim for half. If I want to open a six-figure business, my goal is six-figure business, not five figures. Mm. If I want five, you know, you get the point. So never compromise your goal. And then leave the journey freestyle. So don't, don't plan the hows. Have your goal in stone and your journey in sand. Life will give you, you know, as you said, the universe will collide to give you what you need. And you never know, it might be better than what you could have planned anyway. I love that. I love the fact that you uh, you completely disrupted the game here because, you know, what I mean by that is, you said what you've and and there was one word you used there, right? Which was improvise and see where it takes you. I love that. That's great. That's fantastic. I think that's great because I, you know, because a lot of people, especially left brain people, especially the analytical people, right? Uh, new left brainers are hearing me right now, and you're probably analyzing and seeing what I'm doing and maybe looking up. Uh, certain words or where it, whatever it might be. What I love about you is that, you know, there is no kind of, there is no box, right? The box is thrown away type of thing. And it's kind of, you know, just do it, you know, just, just do it and improvise, just go with the flow. And I love that. And, and, and I bet a lot of left brainers right now are probably panicking right now. I'm like, Oh my God, the strategy. Oh my God. Um, Can I put the strategy into why I do that? Cause sure. you know, I'm a bit of both. Fascinated. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if I do everything, if I, if I operate from a premise of what I know, mm. I can only achieve what I've already achieved because it's coming from the knowledge of already existing in my consciousness. 
In order to achieve a goal I've never done before, I have to operate in that unknown space. But if I'm planning it from my space of knowledge, I'll never be able to achieve something I've not achieved before. Mm-hmm. So There's a bit of a, a brain mess, but it all, you know, we've already, if I always do what I've always done, I'll always get what I've always got. In order to have something I've never had before, I have to operate from that unknown state. So if I come from a problem, anytime I catch myself saying, I know it, I've done this before, I stop. That means I'm going on the wrong path, that I'm going to achieve something from my past and not that new level of awareness or goal setting or achievements that I want to. Mm, interesting. Really interesting. Um, tell us about your, uh, and we talked about this offline, actually, your, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's a Guinness World Record, which is the 24-hour stationary bike challenge which i think is in november of this year in 2020 um tell us about that why are you doing it just out of curiosity and uh yeah stationary bike for 24 hours hmm what are you gonna do that what what are you actually gonna do for 24 hours apart from just cycle your legs and yeah i'm just fascinated pretty much that, that's what i think <laughs> yeah. i will have a support team around me as witnesses because it is an official guinness attempt for a okay. record Sure. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I'll be doing. Why I'm doing it, I, I did attempt it about four years ago and failed. So I achieved the time, but not the distance. Uh, two weeks prior to the Guinness of, uh, allowing me to do it, they, they said I needed to cycle 800 kilometers and I hadn't been training enough to merit that distance. So I still did it knowing that I most probably would fail. So it's been on my list of, you know, exploration again. But I'm always curious and looking for things that people haven't done before to remove that glass ceiling of humanity, you know, covering what I said earlier and a lot of problems we face today, we can't solve from our current way of thinking. We need to elevate our consciousness and do things that we've never done before. Mm. So no female has ever cycled officially 24 hours on a static bicycle. So I'm doing it to sort of step up from femininity because masculine male has done this. Uh, to say we can too and what else could you do in your life that we deemed impossible or not having been done before Mm. it's interesting because I know that we were talking offline around the whole kind of uh, I know that in athletics for example it's a little bit different from triathlon but why is it that I guess and and I don't know if this is generally in sport but I know that certainly in in the world of athletics and, and things like that and triathlon why is it that uh, women in general don't get the same opportunities as men in triathlon. I know this is just completely way off par, but I, you know, I'm a big fan of supporting women and whatever they do and that kind of stuff. Love to know. And, and I guess you're raising awareness around the whole kind of equality stuff, which I love, by the way, it's fantastic, uh, which is really great. So, I mean, yeah, tell us, I, I don't know what your thoughts are around that. I, I don't know in short, I've got, I've got assumptions, but I'm very mindful mm. to, to come from an objective point of view, not just sort of fan the fillings of mm. ranting and, and you know, hearsay. I am working with university lecturers around researching this topic, but I suppose if we just look at our daily, if we all own it as res- every one of us is responsible, there's the FA Football League, where most of us know at least a dozen male footballer names 
There's the equivalent league for females. Does that get the same airtime? Do we actually watch it as much as the men? Do we have a certain unconscious bias running in our head when we think of female footballers versus males? Mm. We already say, and I, I, I say it in my head, I'll put my hand up, they're not as good. They're not as, you know, they're not as dancing. They're not as, you know, graceful on the, on the, on the, plat, on the, on the match, on the pitch. So I think all of us as individuals need to start looking at you know, what news do we read? Is it the sport of man or the sport of woman? Is it the sport of certain genders, as, uh, races as well, certain colours that we look towards? So it's not about judging. It's not about, you know, trying to fix it from a, a sort of a limited point of view. But my personal responsibility is to make sure that I give every equal opportunity for my time and my spending. So mm. I think we're all playing a role in creating this divide and the sponsors just go where our eyes go. So mm. how can we as individuals start putting our eyes on the females in the sport or underrepresented like the Paralympics, for example, mm. that's a huge area, but it doesn't get half as much airtime as Olympics. Because no, no, I agree. And I, it's interesting though. I mean, with regards to, I mean, if we took a look like the Paralympics, for example, we had a uh, uh, Neil Fashi actually, the, who was the double Olympic Paralympic champion, and um, we were talking about it actually um, similar in our interview about the reason why, and it was really kind of more of an offline conversation, which was around, you know, why is it, but actually, if you think about it, really Paralympics has only been around maybe sort of the last 12 years where they've really got some traction, but it's the same for women. It's really taken, same with women's football. It's taking a long time. I think Real Madrid recently created their first women's team. I don't know if you saw that. I think it was like, like two weeks ago. Wow. Two weeks ago, I think Real Madrid created their first women's team. Um, and then a lot of English um, football teams have also created some, I mean, you've got the Arsenal women's and you've got Leeds and, and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's slowly coming, isn't it? And, but, uh, you know, and it's, it, it's kind of frustrating because I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see more role models, female role models where you think, oh, do you know what? I, I think of uh, Kate Strong when I think of triathlon. Or I think, do you know what I mean? It's, it, mm. I, th I just, I would love to see more of that. I think more. And, and I think that a lot of listeners as well would love to see more about that as well. And which is great. Um, I know that your, should we say, <laughs> your journey in terms of uh, your ceiling. Now you, you talked about your world record attempt in November of this year but you've also got a really big attempt in 2022. Talk to us about that. And what, what I, I, I'm actually getting, do you know what? When you spoke to me about this, I, my brain started ticking. And then as, as, I, as, we've, as we've gone through the show, I'm really beginning to think to myself, do you know what? Maybe I, I've kind of put in a glass ceiling on myself. I need to kind of up my game a little bit here. <laughs> Good, I'm doing my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um... The world record this year is actually training for the, the records in two years time. Uh, so there is, there is no female who's ever attempted what I've done. There's no male who's done it to the extreme. I'm attempting it. So it's over a 10 month period. And in short, I'm attempting, well, I'm cycling the world's toughest road race, which is called Race Across America. Mm. Uh, it starts on the West Coast, finishes East Coast. It covers 3000 miles, goes through three mountain ranges, including the Rocky Mountains. Uh, and I'm attempting to finish it in seven or eight days of cycling. Two months later, it doesn't stop there because I am a triathlete, I love threes. Two months later, I'm uh, swimming the English Channel. 
which is again deemed the Everest of uh, channel swims. Mm. That's 21 miles. It could take up to 20 hours in degree, 19 degrees centigrade water with just a wetsuit. I don't do well in cold, just to put that in. <laughs> and a few months after that, so it'll be the next year, but within that 10 month period of April, I'm moving to Nepal where I'm intending to summit the highest peak in the world, Everest. Wow, that's amazing. So this is all going to be done in what, a year? Is there a time? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, is there a particular um, time scale that you have to complete it by? Being the first ever to do it, I can do it in any time I want, but I've chosen 10 months. Fair enough. That's very good. You know, I love that. That's fantastic. I think that's great. Listen, if you ever need any support around that and same for our listeners, if you, if you'd like to give Kate some support, I know that you're probably, you're going to be doing some stuff for sponsorship and charity and things. Yeah, definitely. And I'm looking to, to inspire other people. So you know, part of my mission isn't just for people to go, wow, Kate's amazing. I want, want people to see the greatness in themselves too. Mm. So there'll be a lot of adventures and challenges going around to engage people whilst I'm doing my, my challenge. Guys, I don't know, I don't know about you, but it certainly got, it certainly inspired me to take even more action than I already am. <laughs> but I hope that based on our show today, that it's kind of helped you kind of get some more creative juices flowing, not just in your personal life, but also in your business as well. Because remember, a lot of the tools and tactics and principles that you learn from people like Kate and myself and whatever it is, you can actually take it into your entrepreneurial business, into your uh, personal life. It doesn't matter how you do it, just do it. Take action and uh, yeah, and just get off your ass as I like to say in, in, uh, and it's part of my quotes and things like that. Listen, Kate, I just wanna say thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Adam, me too. It's, uh, it's been a good one. And uh, guys, listen, I hope that you've enjoyed today. Um, I was going to say, I will see you back on the next show of the Game Changers Experience. We'll see you soon. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys. I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.